Have you ever felt totally defeated in an airport? Just so exhausted from all that goes into flying these days? I know I have. I was walking through the San Antonio airport after a long flight. As I was leaving the building towards the hot Texas air, I looked up and saw one of artist Gabriel Dahl's installations sitting high above the kiosks and people. And for a moment, I wasn't just a wary traveler getting off a plane. I was an art viewer admiring how the delicate threads created such an incredible form that glistened in the light. This is the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Barnes. There are some artists whose work has the ability to make you lose yourself in it. Gabriel's ongoing series of installations titled Plexus do just that through a rainbow array of countless threads meticulously strung across architectural elements. The awe-inspiring works have been more than a decade-long endeavor. After first developing Plexus while in graduate school at the University of Texas at Dallas, he has continued to fine-tune the installations ever since. But the idea of having threads span the length of a room wasn't something that he just thought about in the blue. Like many artists, the work is a distillation of concepts that he has been thinking about and exploring his entire life. As you'll hear today, Gabriel's work is a reflection of his past and the ideals that he strives to achieve in his life now. It's his desire and interest in mindfulness practices, namely learning to be in the moment, that he hopes his visually impactful installations will have on the viewer. So join me as we pick up our chat discussing his background leading up to the very first Plexus installation. I was doing a lot of research on things like masculinity and what it means to be a man doing things like embroidery. And I was also doing some research regarding things like what it means to be gay within the military. Not that I was in the military, but um, it was sort of like ideas that interested me because there was this sort of contradiction in terms of how I was brought up and the things that I wanted to do. Like I grew up wanting to try things like embroidery. And then because I grew up in Mexico City, which is this fairly, or it was, I don't know how now, because I've been out of Mexico for quite a while now. But, you know, it's a fairly closed-minded society at the time. And like my grandmother would teach my sister to embroider. But I mean, I knew that I couldn't even ask her to teach me because I knew it was like a complete forbidden thing. So when I became an artist, I just took that sort of frustration of something that I was not allowed to do. And as a grown man, I decided that I could make my own decisions and decided to to try and teach embroidery. So given this interest in what is masculinity, what, is, um, what does it mean being a man that actually embroiders, and I mean, what does it mean being like, a gay man? Like, how does that affect the ideas of what a man is or should be? Because he was working with textiles, there was a connection made between Gabriel's work and clothing. At the time, he was stitching on scrap pieces of shirts as well as boots but his textile work took a different turn after an invitation to be part of an exhibition. I was invited to be part of a group show, and that group show aimed to explore how architecture and fashion are linked. It was a group show with um, artists paired with architects. So in this back and forth with the architect, I started to ponder what would happen 
if I take the material I use in, in my work, which is mainly thread, what would happen if I just use it in an architectural scale? And then I just started doing experiments in the studio in terms of how would it react if I tried to make some sort of like structure in three dimensions with only thread and what type of structure would hold that. And I was like, well, what would happen if I just completely cover this massive wall in my studio? Well, not massive, but it was like 15 by 15 feet um, wall in my studio. So I made the, some wood contraptions and I took a ladder and I just started going up and down like 300 times a day. And I mean, it was like a painstakingly slow process. It was encouraging to see the, the results, even if in, in those early stages, which was like very minimal in a sense. And after a few weeks, it just, that process started to pay off. And it be, really, that became Plexus number one. Once Plexus number one was developed, things started moving quickly for Gabriel. That first year, he did a total of four installations in the Dallas area replicating a similar process. But not one to keep things stagnant, Gabriel kept his eyes open to see what new things each Plexus installation could reveal to him. After having made two of them, like I saw that these things that I was creating were very ethereal and kind of looked like light. So that prompted me to um, use the full spectrum as sort of like the basis of the work because sometimes they look like frozen rays of light in, in space. And then something happened on Plexus number four that it, it was pretty significant because in a sense, the first three pieces were about planes. And I, I was using like morphed planes, uh, like two-dimensional planes, but sort of like curved in a way or serialized. But when I got to Plexus number four, I was going to do something that was very similar in, in the way I built Plexus number one. But then I decided to sort of invert the order of what I was doing. And the result was that it gave me this succession of planes that create a volume. And that's the first piece where like volume, like the volume of the installation itself became very important. And it might not, like if you just look at the photos, it might not necessarily be that illuminating, but it is something that to me was like super significant. It was like a, like a, a, a really important development of the work. And throughout the years, I think like every time I do a new piece, I try to do something that might help the work evolve. So I'm not stuck just doing the same thing over and over. So I'm always experimenting in terms of changing the color, changing something in the way that I install that might give me a different uh, result. As Gabriel worked on and continues to work on his installations, he's been able to create a standardish process for them as much as possible, of course. Because his work is site-specific, it takes an immense amount of planning. The Plexus installations require a lot of logistical planning. I mean, it, it, it depends on the site, because there's always a response to what the site is. And so there's, I mean, the process is always like encountering the space, figuring out what the space is asking of me. So it's sort of some sort of like dialogue with the space. And once I know what to do in a space, 
sometimes it's like very immediate, like gut reaction. Sometimes it just needs to, I need to sit with it for a while and just let it simmer. But once I know, it's just a matter of figuring out how to install my brackets that are going to hold the thread, if I can, you know, drill a floor or not. Well, that's sort of part of the dialogue process. If I cannot drill floors, it's uh, like I need to take that into account when, when deciding what to do. And then um, sometimes, like, once I know what to do, there's, like, sometimes engineers need to be... Um, get into the conversation because do we know if this ceiling has uh, can support the weight like the installations have no weight per se but the tension amounts to a fair amount of weight so it really depends on the space sometimes like the whole process can be just three weeks or four weeks it's funny i don't necessarily i, I don't talk anymore about how long does it take me to do an installation because it's got to be all different depending on the space that you're working in. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. So, I mean, I, I have a system down. Right. So, in a sense, if anything, sometimes it's even disappointing how, how long it might take to actually just do one in the space. And I also, I've gotten to a point where I realize it's really irrelevant. Like, the the goal of the pieces are to bring you like to bring your whole attention to the present moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, I, like beauty in general, the, 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 the role of beauty in the world is to bring us to the present moment. It, it, it's something that our mind f- will fight to the nail to avoid. But all the, the meditation teachings is like, they're all about how to bring yourself to present moment. As an artist, it's important to continue to develop your technique, especially if you're creating a series in which the materials used are the same. But perhaps even more importantly, it's vital to figure out your why. What is the meaning behind what you do? Gabriel's Plexus series has challenged him, not only physically, but conceptually in how it will read to the viewer. As he mentioned, mindfulness and meditation practices influence how he thinks about the experience of Plexus. But getting to this point was a process. It started as a big experiment, and it just, um, the more I've done it, like the more layers in depth of meaning that have been coming along, like it all started as this idea that stemmed from the exhibition that dealt with how fashion and architecture are linked. So that prompted me to think about, well, what is it that join like the clothing we wear with the places we inhabit and it like both of those things at at the very physical level provide shelter like they shelter us from the elements and then and on the installations what I felt that was happening based on how people were reacting to the pieces I felt that sheltering quality was being sort of sublimated or transformed and it it became something that doesn't shelter us from the elements because they're just ethereal and unsubstantial, but they have this sheltering quality that are very sort of like soothing for, for people that experience the pieces. And, and sort of that was the entry point in thinking into finding out what these structures meant and why were they so captivating to people. 
In figuring out the larger, big idea behind Plexus, Gabriel has challenged us to take our minds out of thinking about what's going on later that day or even into next week. Challenges us to be here now. So that's one of my goals with the installation, sort of like to bring people to the now and to, you know, instill in them a sense of wonder. And I really want them to just get in touch of this part of themselves that is sometimes just deeply buried and just connect with that sort of inner tile that makes you go wow at something without like um, thinking about societal conventions. That, that's one of my favorite things about the installations is seeing people react to them. Like you can see how like the mask falls and to me, that's just, it's really priceless and it's the best reward for making the installations. Do you sometimes at an opening just watch people look at your work? Um, yes, and it's, it's not often that I can just do that without people knowing who I am because right. normally, you know, it's like, but I was able to do that when I had the opening at the Renwick. Um, I went to that show. Oh, cool. That was a great show. That show had a series of three openings or four openings. Because um, it was such it was a, a, huge a deal. it was a huge deal because they had just renovated, like they had just spent a gazillion dollars renovating the building. And it, I was like, I'm not worthy of these roster of artists. <laughs> it, like, uh, I, I mean, because artists that I, ha I had like worshipped for a long time were part of that show. At the time, I think I was sort of the youngest artist of that show. And, um, but during this um, series of events, I was able to, you know, sort of step back and just see people react to them. And it's very rewarding. It, 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 it really is. Um, it's one of the things that keeps me going because sometimes when I'm in the middle of an installation, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's like physical work and it's mental work because you have to be counting. And um, it, it's a little bit like of an uphill battle. If Gabriel's site-specific pieces are any indication, the viewing of art is a gift that we give ourselves. Seeing his art in the midst of an airport definitely felt like one for me. And although we often think about this from a viewer's perspective, Gabriel is reminded of this too. As an artist, you have to do, at least in my point of view, you have to make what makes you happy or what brings you joy. And I think in many ways, the installations have given me a lot of little gifts that I know people will not be aware of, they'll not be able to see. It's a little bit of a quagmire in the sense that there's some of those things that I would love to be able to share with people, but at the same time, it's something that I can just sort of like receive it as a gift for myself. Some of those things are things like, for example, like when I'm installing, I'm able, if I have a lift, I'm able to see the piece from different angles that people are not able to see. And sometimes that's just really interesting experience because sometimes it's a little bit like, oh man, I, I wish People could see it from up here, but it's impossible, right? So it's, um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is just for me. 
Gift giving is an art, and thanks to the internet, it's easier than ever to find that perfect present for someone. With so much to choose from, how do you find that special something without hours of searching? Well, that's where My Modern Med Store comes in. Since 2017, we've been curating the best creative products for makers around the world. Whether you're looking for a gift for an artist, architect, space lover, or anywhere in between, we have you covered. One of my all-time favorite things in my Modern Met store is a planter that defies gravity. Yes, really. It's the stylish Life Levitating Planter, and it's perfect for all you minimalists out there. It has an angular white pot that hovers over a rich oak base, all thanks to magnets. But if you're lacking a green thumb, there's plenty more in our store to check out. As a listener of Top Artist, you can get 10% off your entire purchase when you use the code TOPARTIST10 at checkout. Again, that's Top Artist 10 for 10% off everything in my modern med store. Happy shopping! Gabriel hasn't retired his Flexus series, but he has slowed down over the past couple of years and is using this time to do what his threaded installations do for the viewer, invite reflection over inner worlds. Some of his current pieces are born out of personal retreats that he has embarked upon in an effort to deal with anxiety and heal from past traumas. I've been a seeker of some sort my whole life. Um, you know, I'm trying to find out more about myself, trying to figure out why I am the way I am. For a long, long time, most of my life, I suffered from anxiety, like sometimes like severe anxiety. And so I was always either in some process of psychotherapy or trying to figure out myself in a way. So in, in what started off this period of intense development or self-development self was the shamanic journey where, I mean, after having done so much work on myself and trying to figure myself out, I always felt there was this one piece missing of my puzzle that I just could not get and understand. And a friend of mine, he was going to go, he's a spiritual teacher, his name is Panaj Desai. He told me like, well, I'm going to be there in this um, spiritual center in Costa Rica and we're going to do shamanic ceremonies and we're going to do plant medicine. And why don't you come? And I did. And lo and behold, like I've, I found this puzzle that I, that I've been searching my whole life for. And in um, one of the nights I was there, like my whole, when I found this piece, like my whole life made sense why things happen in the way they happen and uh, why I had been carrying this anxiety for, you know, more than 40 years. And when I came out of that experience, I just felt like, like wow, I just, I felt the piece that is going to complete me. <laughs> Calling that thinking, quote, very naive at the time, Gabriel continued to go on different retreats, venturing to India with a friend and scholar, Andrew Harvey, where they made the trip about Shiva, one of the principal deities of Hinduism. After returning from the trip, he felt as though his world was unraveling. I had an installation that was uh, supposed to happen in like in six weeks from that time. I was like, I cannot even sit down and work on that. It was just... And so I just decided to take time off. Um, I was just doing puzzles. I took like a, I took like a little over a week to just relax, don't worry about anything else, and just do puzzles, which I've always loved doing. And I've never, even though I loved doing them as a kid, I never really 
let myself enjoy it. And it's kind of weird because I always had this nagging feeling that I was wasting my time. It was just this acting futility of building something that just kind of take apart. Exactly. For the first time, I sort of like gave myself with reckless abandon to making puzzles. And one of those puzzles is, um, that I did during that time was a puzzle I had got, gotten on eBay. And it, it was a puzzle that, as a kid, I really wanted, but I couldn't have. And, I mean, it's funny because a lot of my work stems from childhood things. Um, like, the installations stem out from the embroidery, uh, not being able to, to do embroidery as a child. And so this was another thing that um, came out of something that was deprived or I was deprived of as a, as a child. But anyway, so I did this puzzle that I got on eBay that I really wanted to do as a kid, but um, it was an American puzzle that I couldn't get in Mexico, but and I knew about it. I don't know how, but I did. You're going to tear it so down So anyway, eventually. I had it because it was secondhand. Um, it turns out that it had missing pieces. And if you like doing puzzles, you know how frustrating that can be. So I was like, oh, shoot. And then I just moved on and... and Went to another trip of one uh, another um, trip with related to Andrew. I came back, and this is the summer. By now, is the summer of 2019, and I'm just really getting depressed. And I'm like, what? what? I mean, what is going on? I just don't understand. And like, I've been through all these amazing journeys. Like, I've grown so much. Like. I I just don't, I don't get it, what's going on. And then all of a sudden, I just had this epiphany. And it's like, because uh, I hadn't taken apart that puzzle that was missing the pieces. And just like, it was, it was one of those puzzles that really fit well together so they don't fall apart easily. So you can just toss aside. In this one second, I just had this download of inspiration. I was like, oh. Um, and that, and it just, it's hard to explain because it's just in a matter of nanosecond that this whole thing sort of fall into place in my mind. And, but what happened is I, for the longest, longest time, I've wanted to work with gold leaf and I just never knew how to use, in what context to use it. Cause I'm not a painter. I'm not, um, I'm not a sculptor per se to make something out of wood that gets covered in gold or so I just didn't know how to use it but in that nanosecond I got the idea of covering that puzzle with gold leaf and the realization that again it just was like this immediate stroke of insight was that duh like that puzzle piece that I thought I had found in that shamanic journey that I thought was the piece mm -hmm. that would complete me it was not it was not the last piece that my puzzle and for that sake, like anybody's puzzle is never going to be complete. This moment was huge for Gabriel. It's the realization that we're never going to be complete. It's something that we can sort of see when we look back at his Lexus series. After all, he's made incremental changes to them throughout the years, but it feels particularly salient in the context of these puzzles, which he calls his missing series. I started hunting for all these 
puzzles that had missing pieces and covering them with gold. And it's something that's so simple. I just love the simplicity of, of these, these works. And uh, it's funny because the more missing pieces they have, the more beautiful I found these objects. So I'm really uh, excited about this, this body of work. And it's sort of like inciting, it, it's, it's giving me ideas to do uh, other types of work with puzzles. And uh, that's going to start showing up in the next couple of years as I go through these works. So throughout the course of talking to Gabriel, we spoke about two very different works, one installation and the other a deeply personal and more intimate type of art. The two are very different, not only visually, but in how he approaches them. Plexus has a lot of logistics that need to be considered, while his missing pieces are, by nature, more spontaneous. The installation work comes out of this very obsessive part of my brain. And I mean, even the, the embroidery work is very obsessive. It's just a lot, a lot about repetition and, and very and constraints. And it just really, I mean, it really just comes out of this part of my brain that's just really obsessive. Uh, it's a control freak. Um, actually, one of, my, one of my early, early embroidery pieces is, is this little piece that says Control Freak, um, <laughs> which is so accurate in a sense. It's been very hard to go back to that work in a sense. Because I've done a couple of installations since, and I'm working on more. So it's not something I'm, I'm, I'm stopping doing. I, I don't think that the Plexus installations are going to go away. I think I'm still going to keep doing them because I, I really think it's, I mean, they're great, great to do and people really, really respond to them. And I, I think that's not an exhausted um, body of work yet. But I do think that there's other type of, avenues that also need exploring, which are more playful and relaxed and not as um, controlled. With all of this, the long life of Plexus and the relative start of the Missing series, Gabriel has considered the impact that he'd like his work to have. I really like instilling this sense of wondering people and I want people to, to leave with a feeling that helps them in some way to get in touch with themselves more. Not only with the installation work, with my other work, I really wish that it brings them a little bit of joy that inspires them to spread more joy around the world because, I mean, we all know we need it. to Gabriel Dahl for speaking with us and reminding us the importance of finding and spreading joy. The best place to follow Gabriel is on Instagram where he's at Gabriel Dahl. You can find a link to his website and social media in the show notes. We'll be back in two weeks when my co-host Sam Pierce will be here talking with another amazing creative who is making an impact with their work. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Then tell a friend or two about us. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at Top Artist Podcast, where we share a lot of podcast extras that didn't make it into the show. In the meantime, you can get your fix of art and culture at mymodernmet.com. 
If you're a member, you'll get an ad-free reading experience and other great perks while helping to support the site. Just click the membership link at the top of the screen. 